Welcome to Destination Lavender, a podcast all about healing and self-discovery after getting sober. My name is Kiana, and each episode I'll be sharing my personal adventures, tips, triumphs, and lessons that have helped me to better navigate and thrive in sobriety. Today is Destination Lavender's 19th episode called Recovering from Relapse. Let's get into it. All right episode 19 okay so i'm really excited about today's episode um because i think i touched on relapse um in the episode called sober no matter what but i really wanted to devote an entire episode to just gently nurturing ourselves back to a neutral space um after something traumatic and deeply upsetting and world-shaking as relapse occurs. So these are just some things um, that I have tried. um, And yeah, just getting suggestions from online and searching around. um, But yeah, just... Also from being in recovery with other people and being reminded of stuff at meetings and things of that nature. So it's a melting pot of experiences that have helped me to create this list. It's not all just from me, but um, just from my own research and, and also from my personal interactions with other people and and just from just learning what works for me versus what doesn't. So. Again, like always, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I'm not a professionally sober person. I'm just a sober person um, who is going to share some things. So let's dive right in. Um, I have five things um, that I think are good to keep in mind when you relapse as a person. Um, And the first thing is accept it, but accept it with grace. Um, I know we live in a world where a lot of times the approach is pull yourself up by the bootstraps, just get over it, keep going, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I do think it's important to move forward, but I, I do think it's also, I just, I think it's an issue to shortchange the value of sitting with disappointment and and grieving and just kind of realizing um making a choice that ultimately wasn't the best choice and maybe deep down you know when we make a choice like that it's understood that it's not (laughs) the best thing but um maybe at the moment I convinced myself otherwise and and then after you know once the dust clears and I've already you know broken my sobriety and I've relapsed like it's just this a lot of times really devastating realization like this is a choice that I made and I just destroyed all this progress and blah 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 um yeah so I think that it's important to accept it and be like yep this happened but to accept it with grace to remember that you're not your mistakes and yeah like sometimes things happen and I think it's important to just understand that 
that's not the end of your story. Like, it doesn't end with you relapsing um, and being hard on yourself isn't going to make you feel better or make it feel like it was worth it or make you feel hopeful for the future. Um, in my experience, it just makes you feel bad and makes you act from a place of fear um, instead of a place of um, hope. So that's the first one is accept it with grace. Two is hard for me. Actually, they're all hard now that I think about it. But two is really hard because, um, well, let me tell you what it is, actually. It's uh, let your trusted community in. Now, notice I didn't say a random mofo. Um, notice I didn't say your one chatty friend who can't keep their mouth shut. Or notice I didn't say your judgmental friend. Um, notice I said your trusted community. People who have proven themselves to you, um, who are going to like, be good listeners and have your back and encourage you if that's what you need, um, who are, will, who will remind you of your worth when you're failing to see it. Um, yeah. So I think that's important to have those kinds of people around you who can give you some perspective, give you some encouragement, give you some, uh, accountability as well for the future going forward. Um, if you decide to keep on the path of, of, abstaining from whatever it was you were abstaining from in my case it was smoking and drinking it's good to have people uh, in your circle who are going to not in a judgmental or uh, taskmaster kind of way but just in a just like uh i'm in your corner and i want to help help you succeed if possible kind of way people who you can kind of like reach out to when you're struggling or who will check up on you and celebrate with you when you have, you know, little milestones in your progress. I think it's important to have those people there. Um, and it's something that I actually really need a lot of help with because, um, it is hard to admit when, you know, you've broken your sobriety. It's hard for me to admit when I've, when I've broken my sobriety, um, especially if I've been sober for, several months or years <laughs> it's uh it's really difficult to admit that and this is not a relapse episode for me by the way like i'm still creeping ever steadily towards two years of sobriety uh for the first time in my life because i last uh my last big relapse i'll say because i've had tons of small ones um my last big relapse was in 2016 and I relapsed around a year and nine months and I'm approaching a year and nine months right now. So it's kind of an interesting time that this episode just ended up being the one that I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, I'll admit it's, it's hard to let people in. It's hard to admit that I've broken my sobriety. Um, I have a fear of being judged, a fear of being cast out. And depending on what kind of community you find yourself a part of, some people in like AA communities and things of that nature will separate themselves from you if you admit that you have broken your sobriety. I think there's something about it that freaks them out maybe, that they're afraid just by being in contact with you or being in proximity that it's like this catching thing that if you 
relapse, then they are automatically in danger of relapsing. I think it's kind of silly. Like, I understand the fear, but I think it's silly and unnecessary to ostracize a person. Um, these are just some of my experiences that I've had. Um, people kind of treat you a little bit weird sometimes, and it's not everyone, but some people do, and so I understand the fear of telling people when you relapse. I understand how easy it is to just keep it inside. Oh, I don't want anybody in my business. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be told what to do. I already know that I messed up, blah, blah, blah. I already feel bad about it. And just as a principle across the board, by the way, if anybody ever comes to you, just, just as a little side note, if, if anybody ever comes to you about anything where they know they've messed up, like they don't need you to dig in and, and make them feel bad. You don't think they already know they feel bad? Of course they know. So what they, they need, obviously, is encouragement. And sometimes they just need a listening ear. Um, because trust, they're giving themselves a hard enough time. And I'm sure it took tremendous courage to even come to you about whatever it is. This is a note for myself as well. But just in general, whether it's somebody coming to you about their sobriety or whatever it is, let's all try to give each other a little more grace and not have our shunning fingers ready to go. Um, so anyway, soapbox over. Um, but that's number two, let your trusted, trusted community in so you can get some perspective, encouragement, and accountability. Um, number three is decide to keep going because there's no shame in starting over. Um, I mean, this one's hard for me too. I can't tell you how many times where I've relapsed with food or I've relapsed with drinking or smoking. And as soon as I relapse, I tell myself, oh, well, I've relapsed now. I might as well just go ovaries to the wall with it. Just, mm, just throw myself into it completely with reckless abandon, never to return. That doesn't work. Because at the end of that cycle, at the end of that pattern, that path is also burnout. And um, yeah, it takes quite a bit of humility to come back to the, the place of, of, of being sober again after I make a decision like that. So decide to keep going, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how disappointing it is. Hold space for that dif difficulty, hold space for that disappointment, but don't let it derail you from your goal, especially if you know that the decision to be sober in whatever capacity you've decided is the best thing for you. And you've already tried not being sober in that capacity. You already know what waits for you at the end of that road. So if you know that being sober is the best thing for you, don't let relapsing stop you from returning because it's just giving in to self-sabotage and that's ultimately not what you need. Um, so accept, accept the, the, you know, derailment from your path and, and come back to it, you know, um, don't, don't allow that shame to sit on you, you know, and weigh you down, you know, um, and I definitely need help with that because as I've said, it's, it's all too easy for me to be like, well, I messed up now. I might as well just go, go all the way in. And I don't even know if I want to be sober. I start telling myself these things and it's like, I, I like smoking. I like drinking. It's fine until it's not fine. Cause it, it's, it, for me, at least it never stayed like this moderate chill thing that I do every once in a while. Eventually it, 
it became a thing that I had to do as, as soon as I felt uncomfortable or as soon as I felt any anxiety about anything. Um, and then it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, now I can't show up for my responsibilities. Um, and I'm starting to cancel more and more of this and that. And um, I can't trust myself to keep promises to others or to myself. And it just... It just, it's, it, it rarely stays in check, if I'm honest, for myself. And so I, I just recognize that it's just important to come back to that space of I'm going to keep going. And I'm not going to give in to the guilt of messing up. I'm going to own it and I'm going to dust myself off and... I'm going to hold space for the disappointment and the sadness of breaking this promise to myself, but I'm going to give myself grace and I'm going to keep moving forward. Um, so that's number three, decide to keep going um, and basically release shame about it. Um, number four is remove temptation. Woo! Don't underestimate the power of old habits. Please don't. Don't do it. And as I say this to you, uh, I do it all the time. I'm like, I don't know what happens between the periods of sobriety and the periods of non-sobriety where my thought process goes a little something like, it wasn't that bad before, was it? It'll be different this time. <laughs> I won't, I won't go on like a month's long binge and forget to show up for my life and be actually incapable of showing up for my showing up for my life that won't happen it's been a long time i'm better now i'm different now da -da 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 -da. and maybe maybe that could be the case for some of you maybe that could be the case for some people in life in general um but that wasn't the case for me and so i had to get honest about removing the temptation um to do certain things um all of the tools and stuff that I used to smoke, I had to get rid of them. I had to trash them. Uh, all the people I used to hang out with, I used to smoke with, I had to stop hanging around them. <laughs> um, or I had to let them know like, hey, we can't smoke. And if they continue to smoke, then it's like, hey, can you step outside or smoke before I get there? Something. But I can't be around it, you know? Or please don't offer me alcohol if we hang out. Please don't force me or try to try to like guilt trip me into drinking and by the way if you have friends like that they're not your friends is what I've learned people who are your real friends will accept that you're an individual and if you've decided that smoking or drinking or anything along those lines is not good for you then they will respect your right as an individual your autonomous decision to not do it anymore and they won't make you feel bad about it and they won't try to encourage you to do something that you have decided no longer works for you period so that's just a little note for us all to take in what a real friend looks like a real friend wants you to succeed and is not going to encourage you to do something that's addictive um so there's that um yeah so i think it's important to get honest with yourself about if, if being in certain places, being around certain people, having certain items, 
hell, even having certain songs on my playlist for a little while. And it's not that it'll always be this way necessarily for certain things, but I, I couldn't listen to certain songs because I used to smoke to them. And it would, and in hearing that kind of music just made me want to smoke. Like, man, I, I, I wish, I, I miss how cool this song sounded when I used to get high. <laughs> so I just had to abstain for a little while. And now I can listen to it and it's fine because I, I, I've done number five which is replace it with something healthy, whatever it is. Find a new way to engage your senses than how you used to engage them. Um, so before I move on to number five, uh, number four is remove temptation. And to as a little asterisk aside, important side note, don't underestimate the power that old habits have over you. Um, number five is replace it with something healthy. Engage your senses in a new way. Um, this is something that I definitely found online about there's like six habits of people who have successfully, successfully quit smoking. Um, they work out, they um, get rid of all their paraphernalia, they change environments, they keep track of it in some kind of a calendar or some kind of an app, some kind of a day counter. Um, just a few of the things that they mentioned. Um, but my list is similar, but a little bit different. Like for example, instead of drinking alcohol, like I'm obsessed with anything that has carbonation in it now. Cause I don't think that I mean, there was periods of my life where I was really into pop, but I'm not into pop as much. And for those of you who are like, I'm not talking about pop music. I'm talking about pop the drink. You might know it as soda or soda pop or whatever. Um, I'm from Ohio, so I say pop. Um, but I'm not as into that anymore. And so sparkling water um, is a huge thing for me. CBD seltzers. Um, anything along those lines. I don't really like club soda a lot because it's got a weird, like, taste to it, to me. Um, but just plain sparkling water, CBD seltzers with a little bit of fruit flavoring. Um, if you want to do, like, a plain seltzer and do a splash of a natural fruit juice, like mango or something. Something that's pretty pure and it doesn't have a lot of additives and stuff in it, um, is really nice. Um... Drinks like that really help out because it's, you know, the CBD seltzers already have, it's like a two for one. It's like I'm getting the fizzy drink that feels fun and it's beautiful and cute. And then I'm also getting the CBD, which is the non-psychoactive property of THC, um, which is what I used to engage in pretty heavily before. Um, also, mocktails are the shit. I love mocktails so much. Um... The first time I went to Denmark two years ago um, was around the holidays. And I think we went the end of October to January. And um, I just found some recipes online for mocktails. And I made this really delicious one that had like honey and fresh orange in it and molasses. And it also had plain sparkling water in it. Um, it had a few other things and then it also had cayenne pepper, which I thought was like kind of cool, but kind of strange. And I, I didn't fully understand why the cayenne was there until I had it at the end. And I was like, Oh, the cayenne, the heat from the cayenne 
kind of reminds you of the sensation of like how your chest gets warm when you drink alcohol. So it's kind of like you're getting this like delicious homemade um, drink and you're getting the heat that would otherwise come from alcohol, but it's actually from cayenne and it's actually a super healthy drink for you because it's got all these things um, that you need. Um, I think there was apple cider vinegar in there as well. There was just like a bunch of random stuff in there um, and it was super delicious and um, the people I was with, uh, they like uh, really liked it. The people who drank alcohol were like, oh, this is super tasty and what is in here that's making it taste kind of like an alcoholic drink almost. Um, and obviously you have to be aware of your triggers as well. Um, there's non-alcoholic wines and tequilas and beers and stuff. And, and if that stuff is too close to home for you, then you have to just be aware, make sure that that stuff is not going to derail you. But I was super excited about, I haven't tried any of the non-alcoholic like tequilas or wines because I used to drink tequila and I used to drink wine and so for me it just was a little bit like eh, I don't really know if I want to do that but I was never a huge beer drinker so the NA beers and stuff tend to work for me pretty well so I love those but I love the mocktails even more because from start to finish you're compiling all these ingredients together into this drink versus some pre-made stuff that's maybe a little bit only because I'm crossfitting and doing this like nutrition shift am I like hyper aware of like how fattening a drink uh, could potentially be even if it's non-alcoholic what else is in there there's still like wheat in there or however they make beer um but yeah mocktails so that's just if that's just on the alcohol front like um, and you know, I've mentioned before, like a couple of times now on, on this podcast about the importance of, of physical fitness, um, not just how it helps out with, with confidence and as a spiritual practice and as a form of self care, but it's also great if you are newly sober, it's also great in continued sobriety. It's great if you are getting off of something like smoking because one, the more you work out, the more you're going to stop smoking so that your lung capacity can actually return to normal. And so your body won't be working against itself. But not only that, working out, especially intensely, is something that really gives me a full body high, I recognized. Um, and it kind of replaces that like exhilarating feeling of smoking and getting high. Um, and I get to get that from working out which is good for my body. Um, so yeah, um, whatever it might be, if it's learning an instrument or doing something that engages your hands, because you know, also I used to smoke, so I missed the act of like using my hands and putting like a, like a, like a cigarette or pipe or whatever to my lips. And so it was a really hard habit to break, but I've got like a CBD, uh, vape that I use now. So that's, that's cool. I have to ch even chill on that because it's still smoking, even though it's CBD, it's still smoking. So I have to like make sure that I'm not overdoing that. Um, I, I re-engaged with practicing guitar and doing some theory stuff and doing some sight reading and just stuff where learning scales and stuff, just doing things that would involve me engaging my hands and that were also require my focus. So I can't be out of my head 
when I'm doing it because it requires my attention in order to execute properly. So I would say that that's the other aspect, something that's engaging for my senses um, in, the, in, in like a kinetic like limbic, like bodily sense, but in the in the sense of also engaging my mind and engaging my attention so that I have to focus and so that I can be fully engaged and invested in it um, rather than something that I can just kind of do on, auto, on autopilot with my body. So yeah, that is basically all I have, I think, on this list. Um, so let me run back through it for y'all. The first uh, recommendation uh, recovering from relapse is accept it with grace. Um, the second one is let your trusted community in. Um, the third one is decide to keep going. The fourth one is remove temptation. And the fifth one is replace it with something healthy. Um, so yeah, what are some things that you do that really help you to bounce back when you relapse um, from substances or from food or from TV or from um, gambling or reckless shopping or, or whatever it is that you notice, workaholism, whatever it is that you notice that you overindulge in to the point of like self-derailment, basically. Um, what are some things that work for you? What, uh, what are some of the things from this list, if any, that you really connect with that you have tried or, or maybe you're curious about trying definitely reach out to me uh, let me know how you feel about it and let me know uh, some of your experiences um, I think that's it y'all for this week um, thanks again for joining me for another week here on Destination Lavender if you are not yet following me on the socials please reach out I am on YouTube I am on TikTok I am on Instagram I am on Facebook all under Destination Lavender. So go ahead and follow, like, subscribe, all that jazz. And if you would like to support this podcast, as always, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Yana. And there you'll have access to not only um, all of these podcast episodes, but also some song covers and my original music as well. Until next week. <laughs>